beautiful soul. Have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go to my website homepage, theangelmedium.com and sign up for my weekly angel message email. As a gift for signing up, I'm giving you access to free resources, including 31 healing meditations that, if you do daily, are going to help you hear your angels and your own intuition more clearly. Start using these today and you'll see changes in 31 days. Now, take a deep breath. Feel the presence of your angels as they fill you with love, joy, peace, bliss, and ease. And remember, your angels say the messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we're here with a solo episode. I'm so excited to be doing solo episodes with you again. Wanted to start out with a trigger warning. I have gone through ups and downs in my life that I have really come to an awareness of in 2022 are all based around medications that I've been on at the time. In 2022 this year, I was diagnosed as treatment resistant to many medications, including Ritalin, Adderall, ADHD medications, and uh, SSRIs, antidepressants. And as you're going to hear today, that treatment resistant, what that means is that when I'm on those things, I am one of those people, you know, when they have those ads for different medications and at the end it goes, oh, may cause suicidal thoughts. Every single medication that that's a possibility on that happens within me. And so I'm going to talk about that today. So trigger warning, um, we are going to be talking about suicide. I'm going to be talking about what I've learned on this journey, because what I know, like I know, like I know, is that when you are called to do this work, when you are called to serve in this way, spirit is going to use your life in a way that you go through things things aren't happening to you they're happening for you so that you can learn how to heal how to move through an experience within life whether that be suicidal thoughts divorce you know changing careers having a child with adhd you know whatever it might be spirit is going to move you through different experiences in your life and you really have these two different ways to look at it. You're either going to look at it like, why is this happening to me? Or you're going to look at it and say, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to work through this. This might be hard. This might be challenging, but I can do this. I can work my way through this. And as I do, I can turn around and speak out loud what I have learned and allow the information that I have learned to help and benefit other people. So that's what I really want today to be about. There's times where I've come on the podcast and been like, 
Wait, if you're new to the show, this is not your typical episode. Today is one of those days. This is not your typical episode. I am <clears throat> sensitive. I get anxiety about people judging me. And the people who have been with me for three months, a year, three years, you know me, you've seen me um, show up for you twice a week, every, you know, for almost three and a half years now, you know me. And you're going to see this for what it truly is. If you're just starting out listening to the podcast, I think you could come into this episode and be like, uh, I don't know about this Julie chick. It's not really fair to me, right? So I'm going to ask a couple of things of you today before we begin. Um, the first is to recognize and to honor that I am not prescribing medic. I'm going to say that again, <laughs> that I am not prescribing medicine whatsoever. I am not a doctor. I am not a medical professional. I am not telling you to stop your meds. Please do not stop your medications unless you talk to a doctor and they recommend it because that's the only person who really can. What I am doing today is giving you a really detailed description of a journey that I've been on because that journey started when I was 14 years old and the information that I didn't have then. I thought I was going crazy. I thought something was wrong with me and nothing was wrong with me. If I had had this information that I'm going to share with you today, it, it could be life-saving to some families. It could be life-changing to some families. Just to have the awareness of my experience so that you can see that there are other people in this world that are treatment-resistant so that you can understand them, so that you can help them, especially for the parents out there, teachers out there who have kiddos who are on medications. So what I'm asking of you today, just to be fair to me, is please don't skip forward today. If you're going to listen, please listen to the entire episode. Uh, because if you don't hear the entire story in full, you're going to miss really crucial elements. And you're only going to have pieces of the story instead of the whole story, which is what I want you to have. The other thing that I'm just going to ask is instead of judging me or maybe having a thought within your head of like, oh, I hope Julie can hold it together for the rest of her life. I, I want you to see me as healthy. You know, if you have thoughts kind of arise within you as you're listening to this, I ask you to be my earth angel to see me and every treatment resistant person out there as healthy 100 year olds. And if you could just visualize me as a 100 year old woman who's still spiritual, you know, doing spiritual talks and talking to an audience online, in person, that's really the energy that I need from you as you're listening to this episode. Okay. So I'm going to start off and say that. This is how this all started this year, right? In 2022, because my hormones started to shift. I started to notice 
bigger changes. And I started to track it within my cycle. And sure enough, starting in about December of last year, I would track, you know, every month out of my cycle, my menstrual cycle, what's going on? Why am I having these mood shifts? Why am I feeling this severe, like almost fibromyalgia, flu-like uh, feeling within my body. It wasn't COVID whatsoever, um, wasn't the flu. And this is what I came to. So a woman's menstrual cycle, about 28 days. Mine is pretty standard within that. And from day 14, I could tell, I know my energy so well. I do this for a living. I work with energy. My energy, my thoughts, everything would shift drastically more than normal, right? Because I've been living with my period since I've been, um, I got mine very early in fifth grade. I forget, what is that, like 10 years old? Um, so I've been living with my period for 30 years and I was noticing these very, very drastic changes to my menstrual cycle as I am approaching 40 years old. And again, from day 14 to a day, about day 28, my mood is getting more and more irritable, more and more sad, not having suicidal thoughts whatsoever, but just not feeling like myself whatsoever, which is very, very hard to live in your everyday life. Um, the closer that I would get probably about day 16 or 17 through about day five of my menstrual cycle, because I have a very uh, heavy flow, TMI, uh, that lasts, my menstrual cycle lasts, you know, um, short is five days, uh, typically seven days. What happens is I started to notice not in, um, let's say, in addition to those changing moods, those changing kind of irritable thoughts, sad thoughts kind of coming in, I also had a lot of pain within my physical body. And it was this dull achiness where you just feel this crampiness, not just in the ovary uterus section, but in the entire body from head to toe, just a, a dull but deep ache. And uh, you could call it like a flu-like thing, you could call it fibromyalgia, cramps. It just sucked because I'm gonna reiterate this. So from days six to 13, feel great. Feel like myself right after my period, I am living high on life. But every single month, day 14 through day five of getting my period, so that's three weeks there, I am not feeling like myself whatsoever. And I got to stop here and say, I grew up with a father who was like, I researched periods. I know exactly what it's like. And when you girls get older, I don't want you to blame anything on your period whatsoever. My dad would be saying this at the same time that I saw the exact cycle that I just talked to you about. Three weeks of feeling like you're not yourself and one week of feeling like yourself. 
I saw this change happen within my own mom as she approached 40. And it got worse and worse and worse over the next couple of years. Um, you could say that our family kind of enters a perimenopause a little earlier than most people. I don't know if that's exactly what's going on there. I just know that PMDD, severe um, PMS, runs in our family and it gets worse around age 40. So I go to the doctor because when you don't feel like yourself for three weeks and you only feel like yourself for one week, it begins to feel like you're on this roller coaster of emotion, of just body not feeling like yourself. And I'm just gonna call a duck a duck. It sucks. It is not fun whatsoever. It also starts to feel a little like what I think bipolar would feel like. And I don't believe that this is bipolar whatsoever because I can track it to the day regarding my and following my menstrual cycle. So I go into the gynecologist, I tell her all of this, and I've got the bottle of pills right here that she gives me. She's like, okay, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go on the generic form of Prozac for like the two weeks before your period, day 14 through 28. And there's no going, She what she told me in the doctor's office is she's like, there's no need to like build up a increase of this medicine in you and it doesn't need to decrease. It's just, it doesn't impact you if you only use it two weeks out of the month. So I'm like, okay, well, follow doctor's orders. I'm just gonna do what she says and go back home, get the prescription and start to take the medication, right? Well, it didn't help. <laughs> it made things so much worse. And when I say it made so things so much worse, it started to make me aware of a second pattern that I had seen over and over and over within my life, which is I do not do well with medications. I never have. Friend, do you ever wonder if you're in the right career? Do you find yourself thinking, there's got to be more to life than this? Do you want to know why God, Universe, Source called your soul here now? Find out who you really are. I'm teaching a brand new course with all new content to help you find your purpose in 30 days. Class begins October 1st, or watch the replay at any time. Find the clarity, direction, fulfillment you've been searching for. The class is called Find Your Purpose in 30 Days. For early bird pricing, use the coupon code EARLYBIRDPURPOSE. Sign up today at theangelmedium.com. Also, the winner of this month's free reading with me is in the show notes. Leave a five-star positive review of my podcast or book and you could be next month's winner.
And it's not just some medications. Um, there are very few medications that I have done well on. In elementary school, they'd put me on penicillin, had rash from head to toe. You wouldn't even recognize me. I had exorcist vomiting. I had the highest fever where my mom is like dumping ice cubes into the tub, um, running a cold bath to like lower this fever. We go back to the doctor. I don't know what I had at the time, like strep throat or something. And they're like, okay, well, uh, penicillin doesn't work for her. So we're going to give her amoxicillin. The two are related. The two are the same thing. So we go home and again, rash from head to toe, exorcist vomiting and sticking me in a tub full of ice because... Um, <laughs> There's just the highest fever, right? And all you can do is laugh at this because how I did not realize that I was treatment resistant to medication earlier, I don't know. But let's just keep, continue with this. So when I was a sophomore in high school, my mom was like, you, you have ADHD. Like, we need to get you some medicine for this. And um, she takes me to the doctor. They put me on Ritalin. And this is where it starts to get severe. So if you have small children, again, this is not the episode for them. I'll give you like a, a second here to kind of turn it off. When they put me on Ritalin was the very first time that I started having suicidal thoughts. And I remember not being able to control the thoughts. So we lived with my grandparents. This was right after my parents' divorce. And I remember my grandparents being gone at work, my mom being gone at work. I was at home. My sister was still at school. I got home first and feeling so low, not wanting to be here on earth anymore that i took the sharpest knife i could find and i remember just kind of putting my back to a cabinet and just kind of sliding down the ca cabinet i'm just bawling my eyes out and i am sitting on the kitchen floor with um this knife to my wrists and not wanting to be here anymore and at the same time not wanting to cause my sister or my mom my grandparents more pain than they had already gone through um, as we had just gone through this very toxic divorce uh, my dad and my mom the year before and i just remember sitting on the floor crying, debating, contemplating. What do I do? God, what do I do? I don't want to be here anymore. And the only thing really saving me was not wanting to put my sister through more pain. I felt crazy. I felt not like myself. I felt wrong for having those thoughts. I felt guilty for having those thoughts. I really beat myself up even more within my own mind for having those thoughts and 
it feels really good to get to a point at age 40 where you realize that it was never me to begin with, that in my life I had never had those thoughts before of not wanting to be here on earth, that there are some medicines that come in that cause you to think this way. To me, it feels like when I'm on a medicine like this, it hijacks my brain. And I get it. Like I've talked to other parents who are like, it's so hard to have a kid who has ADHD. Julie, you just don't understand how hard it is to raise a kid who has ADHD. And I guess what I would say back is, you don't know how hard it is to have ADHD and feel like you're constantly wrong, like you're constantly disappointing your parents as a kid because you're not doing things the way that they want you to do it. And this is an episode for another day of just talking about ADHD and parents and how we learn to come together instead of there's a lot of pulling apart that can happen between kids with ADHD and their parents in um, high school. But we're going to keep the topic of the show today on uh, treatment resistant and how it kind of messes with your mind, hijacks your mind, and can cause you suicidal thoughts. So as I'm thinking back to these different times that I've been on medication, and I'm going through this journey. I'm like, oh my goodness. Every single t time I have been on a medication, I have a suicide story. I have a time where I got to that point in the kitchen or something like it where I was like, this, I do not want to be here anymore. The next time was age 20. So I hated, hated, hated the Ritalin. I never wanted to be on anything like that again. And it got to the point where I was age 20, finishing up college. And um, someone else I knew was like, well, you don't have to just take Ritalin. Like you could take Adderall too, and Adderall would work for you. So I'm like, okay, well, let's give this a go, right? So I start taking the Adderall and same thing happens, right? Like suicidal thoughts keep coming in. Age 22, I am after college. Um, my mom and sister moved down to Florida. Spirit spoke so crystal clear at that time to me. You are not to go to Florida. Your life, your future is all in Illinois. So I stayed without a lot of family, without a lot of friends around me. I was living in the city at the time and I was depressed and they put me on SSRIs and uh, again, got to the point where there's another suicide story there, severe suicidal thoughts. Um, age 30, I had L. She was not doing well in the hospital. I was not sleeping well. I was uh, spending every moment researching, talking to other families who've been through this, trying to figure out how to save my child from passing away because she had coded two times. And so my um, 
doctor put me on antidepressants, SSRIs, and I should say they work wonderfully for for a lot of people. But I got to a point one night when Elle was about nine months old. She wasn't sleeping well. Um, if you haven't heard this story before, Elle got a feeding tube when she was just a couple weeks old and she had it. She still has it today, um, but she didn't eat by mouth until she was three years old. And she still has it today because she had her stomach stapled so that the airway issues in her uh, upper airway could heal and not be undone by, with um, the surgeries that they were doing with the acid reflux that she had. And so because she had her stomach stapled as, you know, just um, a little, little child so that she couldn't reflux anymore, uh, it's called a Nissen fund application. She, you, you had to feed her these teeny, teeny, tiny amounts. I mean, we basically were feeding her for the first two and a half years, um, maybe even the first three, like round the clock. She was constantly connected to this bag of formula and you had to make this in a blender specially for her to get the nutrients that she needed. And I remember her being nine months old and it being like midnight or 1 a.m. And me just being back in that place, like, and it wasn't having a small child. It was the antidepressants. I know I've been there too many times to count through being on these medicines where I called my mom and I said, I don't know what to do. Like I keep having these thoughts and having to work through it at age 30. This continues on this pattern of every single time I am on medicines that these suicidal thoughts come in. And when they put me on, you know, that generic, what is that, Prozac, it started happening again earlier this year in 2022. Now, when I say that this happens, what you have to understand what the experience is like is I teach other people how to kick out negative thoughts. I am an expert at how you kick out negative thoughts. And going on this generic Prozac, what happened is the thoughts are in your brain and they won't leave with the meditation tools, with the egoic mind tools that I normally use, with all of the spiritual tools that I have accrued over the years in my spiritual toolbox. I've used every single one on them, of them on this issue, and it doesn't work. What I know now is that when a person is treatment resistant, and they get suicidal thoughts by being on a medication, it's like it hijacks your brain. And 
Do you know what it means to attach to your thoughts? When you attach to your thoughts, you believe the thoughts inside your head, and then it takes you down deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So on a given day, right, when I am myself, when I am thinking like myself, feeling like myself, these thoughts come into your head like, oh, you really messed up there. And it's like, no, I'm fine. I am, you know, we're okay here, egoic mind. You need to go settle down over there in the corner. And the egoic mind goes over and kind of settles down. When you're on these medicines, the thoughts come faster. The thoughts come more. The thoughts don't stop. The thoughts don't stop coming. The thoughts don't go over and sit down. They bombard you and you begin to attach to them. I'm not worthy. Maybe I don't want to be here. And it goes deeper and deeper. Like, like every time you're thinking the thought, you're digging this trench and this trench just becomes you're burying yourself, right? Like you're going deeper and deeper as you work this way down within this trench with these thoughts that you have. And I'm telling you this because Spirit said this episode is important. I'm not sure that I wanted to do this episode, like full transparency. And Spirit said, take time. Take time to really understand it. Take time to learn how to put it into words and share it with others so that it helps others understand the experiences that they've gone through and helps parents watch out for this within their own children. Because there are people who do very, very well on medications, and then there are other people who are treatment resistant And we need to be having conversations about this and we need to understand this treatment resistance more. So I am speaking about this for spirit, them giving me strength to come through and speak it. You know, I was down in the kitchen getting a glass of water before I came down or came up to to record this. And I saw my two cardinals out there and I go, okay. I can do this. I can talk about this. And um, and so here we are. Spirit also said that what people need to know is that suicidal thoughts, whether you're treatment resistant or not, operate in a similar way for a lot of people. And so if you have lost someone to suicide, First, I'm very, very sorry for that loss. But what I need people to understand is that when a person is having suicidal thoughts, the thoughts are coming at them fast, quick, kind of like a tidal wave. It doesn't leave them alone. You could say, Julie, that's BS. There's got to be tools out there, you know, meditation, tricks to work with negative thoughts that work. Friends, I've been researching since I was 14 years old how to work with these thoughts within my head. I have studied with so many great teachers out there, world leaders in this, and I'm telling you, please believe me when I say that when I've been on a medication and these thoughts come in, no tool that I have learned from the greatest minds in this in this world today work 
And what has saved me is a belief in something greater and not wanting to hurt the people around me and something within me as this is happening. And I think this is the biggest thing saying, ask for help. So there's this duality happening within you at the same time where the suicidal thoughts are coming in, coming in, coming in and not stopping. And then there's this dual part of you within yourself saying, tell someone, get help, just tell someone. And I've been really, really lucky that I'm blessed that as I've told people around me what was happening and I didn't tell people every time I thought as a kid that I was bad or I was wrong for having this. But as I've listened to that dual part of me and in those times told someone, it did save me. And they listened and they helped me get the help that I needed at the time and get off of those medications at the time. And it worked for me. And um, so another spirit meta like um, message that they're bringing in right now is a lot of times we go through life and we hear one another's stories and we say, well, that's not what I've heard over here. So that's not the truth in this person's story. Or you hear somebody's story and you're like, well, that's not how I experienced it. So that's not right. And I think that what we need to do is make space for one another to say within ourselves, there isn't a one size fits all to things that people are going through. There's no one magic answer for anyone issue or anyone problem and just be there to trust, believe that what someone is telling you is their truth and help them get to the place that they need to get in order to get the help that they need and just believe them. This is their experience. This is the way that they're experiencing this right now. So, oh God, if you're watching this on YouTube, there's just like a ton of mascara coming down right now. The other reason that I wanted to come on and talk about this is that I have found doctors. I have found a lot of doctors who are like what I just said. That doesn't happen. You can't be treatment resistant to everything, Julie. Um, you can't. Uh, I'm just going to grab a Kleenex right here. There's a lot of people who don't believe in the medical community. This is happening. And there's other people who are talking about it. And there's other people who do believe the experiences that us treatment resistant people are having. And... Um, I was very, very lucky and fortunate to find people who have written books on this. And I have gotten to call them and spend time with them this year and understand that the newest research out there 
what these folks who have been working with this for decades say is that some folks are treatment resistant. I can't find the exact text or not text. Uh, it was a tweet, not often on Twitter, but I saw this in May when a lot of this was happening. And um, Elon Musk put out a tweet that said, I don't know a person who's been on Ritalin or been on Wellbutrin that has not had a suicide story. And I read that and I was like, what? Holy shit. Really? This is my experience too. And this is where I was kind of all putting it together. And the tweets kind of continued underneath this thread. And somebody said, well, what about Adderall? And he goes, I, I don't really know. I don't really know anything about Adderall. I think that was the one. And uh, other people started chiming in and he goes, nope, all my friends just called me Adderall. Uh, everybody has had a, a suicide story with two. And friends, sometimes when you go through this stuff, it um, just helps so incredibly much to feel validated and to feel like you're not alone when you, like I read that tweet and I was like, it's just such a saving grace in this moment right now to read that and to know that I'm not alone. Um, there's another doctor that at the very same time, I think it was the exact same week, uh, had written a post about a teenage boy who had committed suicide. And he talked in this article about how he didn't understand how if this boy was having suicidal thoughts, that a doctor would then put them on an SSRI antidepressant that is known to cause more suicidal thoughts within the person. And unfortunately, that boy did not survive and he is not here today. But part of me, you know, I've got no, I've got zero research, right, to back this up whatsoever. But a part of me wonders, um, some of you know that I was at Northern Illinois University when there was a, I was working at that university when there was a mass shooting there. And I've looked at mass shootings as well, researched them, looked at them, uh, read a lot about them. And part of me wonders if we really need to be having a conversation about what medications people are being put on because people who are treatment resistant, and it's not just me. I've never had thoughts of hurting anybody else. I've only ever had thoughts about hurting myself, but, but females and males can be different in how this works within them. I think that we should be having a conversation about what medicines that we're putting people on and if they're having suicidal thoughts, not putting some somebody on something that's going to exasperate that more. I think more needs to be studied. And if you're out there listening, Spirit said, there are people listening to this that are going to listen to this this is going to stick with them for a lifetime and they are going to do research on this and it is going to shape a lot and 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 i hope it does i hope i hope that's the truth 
So I started by saying what happened at the beginning of the year and what kind of led me on this journey to figure out all of this information this year was my PMDD and not feeling like myself for feeling very, very rotten for about three weeks out of the month and then feeling uh, like myself for one week and how much of a roller coaster that was. Well, what ended up happening was I went to a doctor, uh, a new gynecologist after reading so much about this, reading Elon Musk's tweets and said, listen, I have been diagnosed now and I was as treatment resistant. Here's what this means. I bring in a list of people. I'm like Ritalin, Adderall, these SSRI antidepressants. Here's the list. Um, this generic Prozac all cause suicidal thoughts within me. I do not do well. I have allergic reactions to several different birth controls, which um, for PMDD, a lot of times they want to put you on. I do not do well with a lot of different types. And I don't do well with the... Morena IUD. I know that they say that you can't feel it, but I felt a constant pinching and cramping with that. I don't know if that's just me, but I did. So I go, what else is there? Like, what else could I try that is not going to cause suicidal thoughts? Um, I am very ADHD. Not only am I allergic to some birth controls, they make me feel like crap, like they have my mood all over the place. I'm ADHD. I'm never going to take something at the same time every day. And she said, well, why don't you try the NuvaRing? And with the NuvaRing, she's like, you can just leave it in there for three weeks, take it out and not have a period. And I know that this is very, very controversial to a lot of people. We did an episode on PMDD this summer. Kind of that, that episode was when I was in the thick of it and just had not figured out a ton myself. I was feeling these huge ups and down waves of three weeks, not feeling like myself one week feeling good. And it doesn't feel good to go through life like that. I, there is so much within me that wants to handle this holistically and use holistic methods to help this. But in my research too, I found that there are certain forms of birth control that PMDD is helped by. It makes it better. So NuvaRing is one of them. NuvaRing itself is a very, very controversial birth control pill because it has a higher rate of blood clots, strokes, and other things. So if you could say a little prayer for me and everybody else on NuvaRing that uh, we all do well with it, that would be fantastic. But I had been on NuvaRing for about three months this summer, June, maybe even a little bit of May, I can't remember, June, July, August. And no, that's got to be it because it was like the end of May when I went in for this doctor's appointment. So June, July, and August have been phenomenal. I no longer, as I'm on this Nuva ring, um, consecutively not getting a period, I don't feel those ups and downs anymore whatsoever. I feel 
like myself. I don't feel that cramping. I might feel off for about one day as I switch from like the third week, that very last day. Some days I feel a little bit off, other times not. I might have a little cramping that last day or two of the three weeks, but to feel good all but like maybe one or two days is incredible to get to feel like myself again all the time like man i lived it up this summer we had so much fun i relaxed and enjoyed and spent oodles of time connecting with my kiddo and my husband and just rejuvenating my energy and it was amazing all right so this week i was at my you know the time that i'm supposed to change out the nuva ring put in the new one and i go to put in the new one and it's not nuva ring it's the generic i'm like oh no fuck like here we go again right so I just, I muscle tested it. I was like, this isn't right. Something's not right with this generic. Put it in anyway, because what are you gonna do? And um, allergic reaction right away. So I call Walgreens. Can I get NuvaRing and not generic? No, it's your insurance company. Call the insurance company. Spent all day, right? I was had so much to do on this one day. And because my insurance company is just being an asshole, I had to not do everything that I needed to do for everybody else and just sit there and advocate for myself on the phone. So I call the insurance company. Well, it's not us. You got to talk to GoodRx, the other company that handles the prescriptions. Call GoodRx. Well, it's really not us. It's the insurance company. You got to go with the generic. Or you have to have your doctor write this type of note. Call the doctor's office, the gynecologist's office. The woman on the phone behind the desk is like yelling at me. Listen, we could try this. We could try having her write this note, but I am telling you, we've tried this a hundred times before and it never works. And I'm like, well, I've had this allergic reaction to this pill. I, um, I have this when I'm on Mirena. The NuvaRing is the only thing that works. I've tried the generic. This is what I'm, this is the reaction that I'm getting. And she goes, well, do you have it documented? Do you have it documented by every single doctor that you've been to over the past, you know, 14 years of, of all of these different symptoms? No. Who has that? Who has all of their medical records? Just like, oh, yeah, here, it's in this file. Let me like pull it out and send it to you. No, I don't have it. I don't even remember the name of the doctors that I was going to 20 years ago when this is happening. She goes, it's not going to go through. I'm telling you, you could have me do this, but it's not going to. Jesus freaking Christ, like what the hell, lady? I am just trying to get the medicine that is gonna make me feel better. Can you throw me an effing bone? Like what the hell? So, deep breaths, deep breaths. Call a different gynecologist. Can I come in? Yes, you can come in. It's going to be about a month's wait. 
okay, we're just going to wait on that. Meanwhile, it's been a couple of days, you know, since this NuvaRing has been within me. And I am no longer feeling like myself. I am right back to where I was December, January, February, March. Super high highs and low lows, not the highs, sorry. Just like, oh, not feeling like myself. I am feeling this fibromyalgia again. There's this dull ache throughout my entire body. So my husband comes home from work and I'm crying and I'm telling him the whole story. And he's like, well, how much is it to get it out of pocket? like, I don't know. So I call Walgreens and I'm like, can I, I got the prescription already. Can I just buy the name brand out of pocket? And they go, yeah, it's going to be 200 bucks. So, um, I was talking to my husband. He's like, why are, why is this even like a thought? This helps you. You feel better on it. You enjoy being on NuvaRing. Like just go get the freaking NuvaRing and pay it out of pocket. He's just so sweet, sweetest man. So um, he's like, I'll go get it. <laughs> so he ran over to Walgreens. He got the NuvaRing. He got dinner, favorite dinner. He got ice cream. He got like a great movie for us to watch. And um, he's really taking care of me and put the NuvaRing back in an immediate difference within one hour feel different throughout my entire body. I feel no more of that fibromyalgia feeling and feeling so blessed that after all of this time, I have found something that works for me. I want to say one more thing, which is what um another medicine that i did find that's actually like a supplement over the counter that you can get the nuvering in conjunction with because i do not feel good when i'm not on the nuvering but i have also noticed like good effects too that the two kind of work hand in hand work well with one another one of the doctors that i was telling you about earlier who was talking about a lot of this Um, said a good option for treatment-resistant people who have suicidal thoughts. So I'm going to kind of dive back into a part that I forgot to tell you. When you're going through this and you're treatment-resistant and you're on a medicine that is causing you suicidal thoughts, it's not like you just go off the medicine and within an hour or a couple of days, those thoughts go away. Okay, this is very key, important information. That doesn't happen. It takes sometimes three months. I've seen it before, kind of sometimes six months before that suicidal ideation really takes a backseat where it's no longer within your body mind. So as I was having these conversations with some of the best doctors in the world on this. So this doctor stops me and he says, Julie, have you heard of lithium orotate? And I had not. The only lithium that I had ever heard of was lithium carbonate. And lithium carbonate really, really scares me. Lithium carbonate is the prescription that they use for bipolar disorder 
lithium carbonate, the smallest dose that I have heard, I'm not a medical professional, but smallest dose that I've heard that they give is 150 milligrams. Sometimes they give people even over a thousand milligrams and it makes you feel like a zombie. Again, you do not feel like yourself when you're on this medication. Spirit's also saying to tell you at this point that as I've been on different medications and I don't feel like myself, it's also really hard for me as a person with ADHD and an empath, because um, I always tell my students in the Angel Reiki school, I feel like my empathy, my way of feeling my way through life is listening to my intuition, following spirit, and following the guidance that I feel within my body, that alignment, that flow feeling, and the, the intuitive thoughts that I get, right? Like that is how I live my life. I live my life based on it. And it's kind of like an ant with the antennas at the top of the head where they're like feeling their way through life. As an empath, I feel my way through life with my intuition. And the sense of alignment that I will feel within my physical body and knowingness. So when I'm on certain medications, I don't have that ability to tune in, not so much to the intuitive thoughts. I still get that, but I don't have the ability to tune into that feeling within my body of alignment. Uh, for some reason, it just kind of masks it. So as this doctor's talking and he's like, have you heard of lithium carbonate? I'm like, big X, no, not going there. I don't want to go to lithium carbonate whatsoever. He's like, no, I'm just trying to share <laughs> some information with you, Julie. He goes, there's two forms of lithium. Lithium carbonate is the prescription lithium orotate is a supplement that is naturally found in spring water in meats in vegetables and they have done studies on lithium orotate throughout the world and they have found that in places around the world that have a higher spring water count of this lithium orotate there's less depression there's less violence there's less suicide and he goes i'm telling you this because what i need you to know is the only two things in this world that are known to kick out suicidal thoughts by 90%, reduce suicidal thoughts by 90% are lithium carbonate and lithium orotate. And he's like, you can try just a one milligram, one milligram of this supplement, lithium orotate, get it over Amazon and see what that does to the thoughts because you're an expert at knowing where you're at thought-wise said okay so i didn't totally listen to him because i went on amazon and i was like oh shit there's uh 20 milligrams of lithium orotate there's five milligrams of lithium orotate supplement there's um 2.5 milligrams lithium orotate there's one milligram lithium orotate supplement and i was like i'm having a lot of bad thoughts i think i should go with the 20 20 milligram and eh, wrong choice so i i get the 20 milligram bottle and i take one dose of that and it was like oh my 
goodness. I felt like a total zombie. It also makes me very, very tired. No matter what dose I'm taking, I take 2.5 mLs every day uh, about at dinner time or before bed now because it does make me tired. Um, the one thing that I had noticed before I was taking lithium orotate is that my sleep had kind of gone downhill with all of this PMDD madness coming in in December. So um, lithium orotate helps me sleep really well. And not just that, but help me to have rested sleep because I dream all night long and I wake up and I remember my dreams and I'm learning in my dreams. And I really throughout the last five years have had poor quality sleep because I'm doing so much in my dreams that I wake up and I feel very, very tired and exhausted. Like I didn't get any rest. So that was another benefit of the lithium orotate, right? Lithium carbonate, you need a prescription for. I never really want to go there. Um, I don't have bipolar. I just have the suicidal thoughts that come in with this different medications. However, as I'm coming off of this Prozac and wanting these thoughts to reduce, going on the lithium orotate provided just so many different benefits and no negative side effects for me personally. And it's just such a small, small dose of 2.5 mLs. Um, the one thing that that doctor did tell me, and I want to share this with all of you out there, is that lithium orotate does react with other medications that you have, that you could be taking. So you really want to talk to your doctor about lithium orotate and see if it is right for you based on what other things that you might be taking. I have noticed that the lithium orotate also, I feel helps me with ADHD. There's research on that. It helps with impulse control. I really, really love the lithium orotate. I love the NuvaRing. I love being on the two of those. It has helped me tremendously. Even the 2.5, if you're going to take it, mLs uh, or milligrams of the lithium orotate, just really remember that you have to take it at night because if you take it in the morning, you're going to feel a little bit more groggy or a little bit more tired. So I just want you to understand that. And again, it's not me recommending it. It's um, not me telling you to go out and buy it. It's really just something that you need to talk to your doctor about and see if it's right for you. But one more side note on this, in all my research, I did find this article that talked about how legislators have been debating for years whether or not to put lithium orotate in people's drinking water because it reduces suicidality, violence, and depression in a very, very significant way, which I thought was fascinating. And the reason that I found that they did not do this is instead of taking lithium orotate like a pill as it's supposed to be taken, people were breaking it open. Um, lithium orotate is the same compound as like a salt. And some people were getting this confused and they were putting lithium orotate on their food like a salt. and legislators decided that people could not use 
lithium orotate in the way that it was supposed to be used. And so they weren't going to promote it, which I think is wildly fascinating. The other thing, thing that's really wildly fascinating is it doesn't cost much whatsoever. I think for like a 90 day supply, it's like three bucks a month, right? Make your own, you know, opinions based off of that. The other thing I want to say here is I am not anti-medicine whatsoever. I am so excited that I, as a parent, I don't have to worry about my kid getting polio. I have my vaccinations. I know that there's a lot of opinions about that. It was the right choice for me. I felt it was the right choice for my family. I also know that there's a lot of research out there that shows that there are people who have a lot of um, side effects with them and uh, certain ones. And I believe that there isn't a one size fits all for all people. I just think that we have to respect other people and where they're at and, and all be respectful of one another and which way we feel is best for us to go within our own hearts. So I am really excited because this year, not just with the story that I've told you today, but there's been other things that have happened this year that have brought me to this place of, I'm happy that I went through all of it, right? Like I am happy that I got to go through this and that nobody else had to go through it and I could bring this information to you. I also feel like I'm at a place in my life today in a space where I'm most myself, where I know myself now more than ever before. I feel really good within my body. Um, I feel very level. I'm not having those PMDD symptoms anymore. I feel the most humbly confident about who I am. I think that I've ever felt. And it's just a really exciting, fun place to be. And I know myself so well where I'm taking more time to relax. I'm not biting off more than I can chew. And I'm finding that a big part of me wants to go deeper into this journey because in a lot of my research, what I found is that the foods that I'm eating are impacting my brain and also impacting the PMDD and exercise and movement is impacting the brain and the PMDD. And there's so many different holistic other things out there that tie into this. It's very easy for us to look at this and be like, Julie, well, you should just handle this 100% holistically. I don't know that I believe in that. I believe that I can find treatments within the regular medical community that are working for me and at the same time find holistic methods that are also going to work with me and use them in conjunction for one another. So this story is not completely over. I know that spirit's taking me into a whole nother side of this, but this is where I am to date. And spirit was just really impressing upon my heart that there are people out there that need this information. There are teachers that need to understand when your kids or parent is saying, my kid, your kid just went on Ritalin or Adderall or something. There's things that you might want to just talk to them about and ask them about and see how they're doing 
mentally, right? As they're trying out new medications, parents really need to be aware that this can happen. It doesn't happen to everybody, but when your kid comes home from school or, you know, on the weekends, we need to be asking questions. And I wish that my 14 year old self knew this so that I could be an advocate for myself. And also my parents could be an advocate for me, parent, um, could be an advocate for me to say, Hey, in the doctor's office, stop writing that prescription. She has suicidal thoughts when she is on X, Y, and Z. She is treatment resistant to ADHD medications and to SSRIs, antidepressants. Those make her worse. What else you got? Like, what else could we try? I wish that the world was researching this more. I wish that the world was talking about this more because I think it's very, very much impacting a lot of us and we're not, and we don't understand it. And so I hope that we can look at this conversation and everything that I just shared with you today as a starting point. Again, I'm not a medical professional, but this is my opinion to date. Um, this is what I've found to date. And when we share information with one another, I believe that we can go further, faster, and help one another so much more. Yay! I'm excited. I'm excited to be back here with you with these solo episodes. So much fun. Kind of end on a fun note here. As I was enjoying my awesome, awesome summer, uh, went to go see Top Gun before my husband <laughs> didn't tell him. I was like, it, it was something I needed to do because I feel so much of my dad in that movie. Like, my goodness, the man, that was just his favorite movie, my dad. So I went to go see Top Gun. And even before I bought the tickets to go see it, I, I kept hearing within myself him say to me, I'll speak to you through this movie. I'll speak to you through this movie. So if you saw Top Gun this summer, you know that there's a lot of parts where Tom Cruise says, speak to me, goose, speak to me, goose. And he's connecting with goose in heaven and uh, asking him to bring through words of wisdom. Oh, and then there's this part in the movie. I'm not giving anything away, but I just like started blubbering like a baby inside the theater when Miles Teller starts saying, talk to me, dad, talk to me, dad. And I was like, oh, I could just start crying again. It was just such a touching, touching part of the movie. I also love, did anybody else see um, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris? I just thought it was like the funnest, uplifting movie, a um, lot about signs in there, but it was just a whole, wholesome, like family, cutest movie for like teenagers, teenage girls and their moms, maybe. Oh, and then this summer, we had the best time. I don't know why we hadn't watched Stranger Things throughout the years. Um, I'm not a big fan of like horror stuff. I never watch it. Not a fan of anything really scary. It gives me nightmares and I don't like to go there mentally. So I don't watch that. But my daughter got really into Stranger Things. So we watched the series like twice this summer back to back. 
we were like, wait, what did we just watch? We got to go back and watch this all again, which was just so incredibly fun. A few of our friends were like, you haven't watched Stranger Things. It's such an amazing throwback to the 80s and just makes you love the 80s again and the, the clothes and the style and the kids are just so great in this show. And we it's, it's definitely not for younger kids. I think the first season is the most scary because you don't know exactly what's going on. But then once you get to the rest of the seasons, you can kind of look at it and laugh because, um, you know, it's just kind of silly, but had the funnest time connecting with my kiddo. And then here in Chicagoland, they had a Stranger Things place where you could go in and take pictures in all these different rooms. Um, she also loved just that there's a lot of connections between her and the main character in the show, Elle. And wanted to also let you know that this upcoming season, I'm going to be doing solo episodes. I don't know if I said that at the beginning of the show, but we're going to be doing solo episodes once a month and I'll do an kind of like record those solo episodes right before they go up so that you really have the most up-to-date information. And it also makes me feel like I'm connecting with you more. I love to connect with you. Also love to connect with you over on Instagram where we're doing um, more and more daily posts of angel messages. So connect with me over there at Angel Podcast. Friends, as always, thank you so incredibly much for just taking this time to share with me, be with me, and um, thank you for all the love that you sent me through this episode. I could really feel it, even though I know that love's coming in the future, and I just appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. Maybe say a little prayer for all of those in the world out there who are struggling with suicidal thoughts for all of uh, us out there that are struggling to find the right medications, those of us who are treatment resistant. I love you friends. Have a blessed, blessed day. Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. 
You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.